Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep and more. Is there anything more romantic than the idea of running away with the circus? My next guest did that and has recently written a children's book called So She Did, the story of May Worth, about one of the greatest bareback writers of her time and Australian to boot. She wrote the book after finding not enough kids' books have strong female protagonists. Simi Genzik is a circus performer, author and mother. Simi, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Now, is running away to the circus as romantic as it sounds? It is. Oh, is it? Yep. <laughs> it actually is. Oh, wow. So how old were you when you decided to? I was 30, actually. Um, so I came to it late and I was traveling around Australia woofing, which stands for willing workers on organic farms. Oh, I have heard of this. Mm, it's a great way to see Australia. Yeah. And I was having a time in my life. I took a year out and, uh, I was fortunate enough to run into a woman who was also a circus performer and she took one look at me and said, oh, with those muscles, you'd be great. You've got to um, try try this out. So I tried a few sort of acro moves with her, and that was it. I was already taken. You were smitten. <laughs> so does that mean you have no fear? Cause, yeah. yeah. <laughs> heights, especially. I love heights. Oh, do you? Yeah. I'm terrified of heights. So you went into the acrobatics and the high wire acts, etc. Yeah, I... Um, so this, this girl, Rachel, told me about someone that was a bit further down north in, uh, on the Gold Coast. And she said, you've got to go and see him. He's an amazing trapeze master. And I went and it was such an epiphany. I, I remember climbing the ladder, you know, up the rungs. And it was really high. It was like 10 meters. That's like two stories. Oh, my goodness. I got to the top. I'd never been that high in my life. And I reached out for the bar and I just looked into the distance. I was like, I've wasted my life until this point. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, um, and that's it. I was so taken. I, I trained every day after that for two, three years. Wow. Six hours a day. Yeah, completely... How obsessed. Fabulous. Yeah. And was it, um, you were, as you say, you were already woofing around Australia. Mm. When you decided to get involved with circus performing, mm. did your family and friends at home go, oh, yeah, that's just Simi? Or yep. did they go, oh, they did? Yeah. <laughs> they knew that you were listening to that. Yeah. They were like, that makes total sense. Yeah. Wow. And what was the community like that you joined once you started actually performing with the circus? It was wonderful. I'd f I found my people at that age, yeah, because I realised until then I'd been searching for my people and and then I, I found them and it was just, you know, I've never looked back. What is it about that community that makes it so special? Um, they're so encouraging and supportive of each other, generous with their time and you know, it might sound strange, but we, we have um, a value system, you know, that's aligned, you know, that we, we care about the environment and, you know, we are a little bit odd. Um, we're a little, <laughs> Fearless. Bit, a little bit wacky, a little bit gung-ho, yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds fabulous. Um, your husband is in the circus as well. Mm. What does he do? Uh, well, he does a thing. We do sideshow. Um, so I started in circus and then um, we, I went into sideshow with him because he had a, a show 
um, the Happy Sideshow, and he was touring around with, you know, it's it's like sword swallowing, bed of nails, contortion, all this sort of crazy, freakish stuff. Yes. So, and he went, that's a man for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder with those things, who first came up with that idea and how did they practice getting it right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we talk about it amongst ourselves. We, we brainstorm ideas and then, yeah, like, like with my hair hang. That's so a- tell us about the hair hang. Not everyone <laughs> knows this is what you're famous for, Simi. Okay. Uh, so I always, it always appealed to me that it's an ancient Chinese art form where they used to tie a special knot in their hair and they would literally pull them up into the big top, in, into the ceiling of the big top by their hair with this special knot. And I just thought it looked beautiful. And um, we were devising a show for the Royal Easter Show here in Sydney. And uh, we said, how can we make this a bit more hardcore? How can we make it um, sideshow? And at the time, our friend, the Space Cowboy, who's a very famous sword swallower, uh, he said, oh, well, I've got a washing machine out, <laughs> out the back. Why don't we give that a go? <laughs> As in, let's tie your hair to the washing machine, yeah. lift you up and get you to lift the washing machine up yeah. with your hair. Now, I'm looking at you now. You have a full head of beautiful hair. So none of your um, follicles were harmed in the making of this act, or were they? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if I can say this on radio. Um, in, in that show, the Psycho Side Show for the Royal Easter Sydney show, um, you know, the wear and tear took its toll after three weeks, three shows a day. And I had a, a little, um, I did have a little accident where the hair came away from my scalp. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. And um, I was putting my makeup on one day and I saw this weird line, this puffiness in my forehead. And I realized that, you know, I had fluid in there. Oh, my God. And then you could put your hand on the top of my head and it would go... Oh. It was, you know, squishy. <laughs> there is sacrifice to these. Yeah, yeah. And what happened? You went to the doctor? And- I, well, there was a um, St. John's ambulance on site and I told them and they said, oh, well, you just don't do the act. I'm like, no, that's not an option. <laughs> I'm like, you know, is this something else? You did a bit nuts. <laughs> and I said, no, no, you just simply shouldn't do it. Um, and so we talked about it backstage and, and everybody was really nice and they said, you don't have, there's no pressure on you to do this. But I had my own pressure that I placed on myself. Um, so we just sort of changed the act a little bit and made it that it was a countdown and I'd just lift it for 10 seconds and, you know, alleviating a bit of the stress. And that's when it completely came off? Or? No. <laughs> no, thankfully. But it was really painful. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're a very strong woman. So, I mean, that's uh, a lot behind this book that you've um, made calling you a strong woman, not obviously not just because you can lift a washing machine with your hair, but that you went through all the training to be able to do that and the pain and the sacrifice and all of those things. Um, you have an eight-year-old daughter, is that right? Yeah. So I understand that you, you thought of this idea, why, or the, the very start of this idea came about when you were trying to find books for her, is that right? And Correct. you just couldn't find what you're looking for? Yeah, it was dismal. It was very disappointing because I wanted to, you know, I'm an avid reader and I wanted her to have, you know, a plethora of stories to draw upon. And when I was looking for story stories for her age group, um, yeah, it was all fairies and princesses and it was just very uninspiring. And um, it's not that those stories don't exist, they do. Um, but no one was telling them. And, um, yeah, I, I, want, I wanted to, 
to tell one. So you wanted to tell one. Did you always know about May Worth, which you've written this book about her? Had you always known who she was? I've always known of May Worth, uh, but this very, you know, when I initially researched her, there was very little known about her, about her personal life or the person that she was, and I had to do a lot of digging, um, which also surprised me because, you know, she's this incredible brave Australian woman who who did something that no one else had ever done here in Australia. And why wasn't her story out there for the mainstream? So, you know, the more digging I did, the more I found out. And, you know, I was really taken by her. And, and we do share a sort of, you know, I feel like we're kindred spirits. We were both in a traditional circus and, yeah. Well, yeah. the, the interesting thing, well, I look at this book, and of course it's a kid's picture book. It's beautifully illustrated. Um, you've got some fabulous photos at the start. But with every picture book um, for children, even though there is detail in there, I was reading this thinking, just how far did she go when she was researching this? Because I'm sure you had to pare back what you found and what you wanted to put in the book. Um, how how far did you go with the research was it a matter of going to the state library and and doing that kind of thing? Did you get to meet anyone who knew her? Um, I we we did go. Um, my friends at Affirm Press. Um, we went to the state library in Victoria and found some essays and articles about May. So um, it wasn't that she was well documented, but there was a little bit of the primary sources, as they yeah. said in high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did a little bit of research on the internet and then a man who's already was known to me um, by the name of Mark St. Leon, who resides here in Sydney, he's a famous Australian circus historian. Oh, wow. And he's taken, uh, he's, he's got wonderful archives on a lot of Australian circus performers. So I would go to him to fact check as well. Yeah, fabulous. Mm. And so... How exactly did you pair it back after all that research? Um, well, I, I actually ended up probably rewriting the story three times. And, you know, sometimes there's a bit of sadness in there that you want to not concentrate on, but it should be added to the, you know, bring the story, you know, some truth to the story or some authenticity. Um, so, yeah, I did have to pair back a little bit. Um, and, you know, it was a hard times, so, you know. For women. Yeah. So um, tell me again, when was she born and when was she performing in the circus? Uh, in 1894, she was born in Bundaberg. <laughs> and um, by the time she was seven, she was in the circus. Yeah. So she was already doing contortion and high wire and things like that when she was only three. Wow. Mm. Her dad was... Parenting like, has changed. Yeah. <laughs> Although saying that, your not, daughter, not my house. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, your daughter was in the circus for a while too. Yeah. How old was she and what was she doing? Uh, she was probably just one, the first time my husband ever sort of balanced her in his hand. Because <laughs> all the circus folk do this with their babies, They because the children, the babies lock their knees when you place them in your hand like this and oh, hold their feet. Wow. So they just naturally stand up. And it's a great, it looks great because it looks like <laughs> they're balancing in one hand. Yeah. Um, so she was one the very first time she went on stage. And um, probably one of my proudest moments was when we were at the Tasmanian Circus Festival and she did a solo act. Um, because until then, she'd always sort of just done a little bit of 
um, pre-show stuff in, in our shows, which always added a bit of cuteness to soften our hardcore stuff. Yeah. Um, and she did this wonderful act and, and the crowd went wild. And it was, you know, the first time my husband and I were high-fiving each other backstage and really What, what was involved in her act? She, uh, it's called Tissue. So she came out to this cute little song. She was dressed as a bunny rabbit and she came out hopping hopping along and um, and then the tissue came out of the ceiling and she looked at the audience and she was just so great with her facials and she looked at the audience like she was all shocked, wasn't expecting that. And then the music changed and became a lot more dynamic and she climbs up the tissue, which is like long pieces of red fabric. And she climbed up the tissue and you wrap it around your body in different ways and just do different poses and... Wow. Yeah, it was great. Oh, my daughter would love to do something like that. I don't know that I'd have the courage to let her, though. That's the problem. <laughs> um, so what What was – I'm going all over the shop here, but now we're talking about your family and you had a – did you – were you still performing when you had your daughter? Uh, I, I took about a year off, um, but by the time she was two, I was back performing again. And that means travelling, right? Yes. What's it like – to travel with your family in something like the circus where you are constantly moving? Uh, I think it's often dependent on the people you're with. I, I, I love collaborating with other circus performers to make a show and um, that's why it was so wonderful to join my husband's troupe. And uh, it's usually four or five people. Everybody's so talented and, you know, and we're just working together and travelling and it's it's actually really cute because often my mum comes and we might get like a big Airbnb house and my mum's, you know, shacking up with like the lizard man and sword <laughs> swallowers and, and she's there to sort of look after my daughter at the same time. And yeah, it's really, it's funny and cute and I really love, yeah, being with my people. How fabulous. So, um, of course, your daughter was someone who you wrote this book for and what has the verdict been from her? Oh, she loves it. <laughs> yeah, I've, and I've, I've read it to her class a few times. I'm going to do it again next week. Oh, um, fabulous. Yeah, she's very proud and she sees the importance of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful book. Simi, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us. Thanks for having me. That's Simi Genzik, circus performer and author. We'll put links to her book, So She Did, The Story of Mayworth, in the notes to this episode. And in other exciting news, Kindling Kids Radio are featuring So She Did as a story of the week, so you can find it and listen to it for free on the Kindling Kids Radio app. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.